There, there. It's all right. It'll be okay. No. No, it won't. Sure it will. You'll see. No. I promised him I'd never let anything happen to him. That's a funny thing to promise. What? Well, you can't never let anything happen to him. Then nothing would ever happen to him. Not much fun for little Harpo. Okay, that's Ellen DeGeneres in Finding Nemo. And the whole point there is as parents, you know, we don't want anything bad to happen to our kids. I mean, my son skis, and I take a deep breath before he goes skiing. I don't want to hear about it. I hear that he does something called 360s, and he takes air. And my uncle said he's a very good skier, and my uncle's been skiing for a lifetime. He's in his 70s, and he's been skiing the Alps and the rest. And he said, but I would never do the things your son does, and so... I just don't want to know. But you know what? My son loves his life because what he brings to skiing, he brings to other areas of his life. And I have to let things possibly happen to him. I have to let go as a parent because things can happen. But if I try to be overprotective and suffocate him and keep him home and not let him go skiing and not let him take long car rides because he could get in an accident and not let him make his own decisions, then... Something did happen to him. I killed him. And I don't want to do that ever. So think about your own relationship with your parents. Can you think of times when they suffocated you and didn't let things happen? And darn it, if they had let things happen, you would have been way ahead now. Maybe they didn't let you go to college because they didn't want you to be a failure. They didn't let you try out for the team because you might be a failure. You never want to let anybody do that to you. And if you're doing it to your kids, lighten up. You'll like yourself much better. They'll like you much better. You'll have much better long-term relationships with them. And speaking of uh, kids and problems, I'm going to turn now to the phones. And here is a, a, a woman who calls in who's having problems with both her... Uh, she's got one daughter, she's got two stepchildren, uh, and the husband is favoring, guess who, the stepchildren. And this, if I had to title this one, is Life is a Guilt Trap. How do I deal with that? My husband's teenage daughters and children from a previous marriage who use guilt to take advantage of my husband and try to get my husband back with their mother, try to cause friction between us. He feels guilt in getting on to them. Uh, this weekend we will have them once again where our daughter, uh, her clothes come from resale shops and yard sales. We're getting ready to take them on yet another shopping spree where they'll be getting $30 pair of jeans, $60 shoes, and so on, which my husband has no problem with because he feels it's justified since he lives under the same roof with our daughter and our family and not with them. Yet our family struggles to get by, and these girls gloat as they get their materialistic ways and cause fights between me and my husband when I see our daughter being deprived and us barely getting by while we splurge on these teenagers. Okay, so you can hear the unfairness going on. The theme for the husband would be, oh boy, you know, life is just a guilt trap because I feel so badly for my two teenage daughters because I divorced their mother that I just feel like I have to take any money that I get that would be spent on would be spent on me or my family my current uh family and i have to just 
pay them off ransom money. So I'm always paying my teenage daughters, and that makes me feel good because at least I can do something. If I did all this damage, my way of paying them back is through $30 jeans and $60 shoes or whatever they're buying. And my wife just has to deal with it. And then you look at your wife, you feel guilty because your wife and your kid are buying clothes at resale shops. You can't go out to eat. You can't do much. Your your scope of living is limited because you're draining, siphoning all the money off to your ex or to the ex's kids. I mean, to your kids, but they're um, they're not with you all the time. They're, they're on weekends. From the kid's point of view, from, from let's take the teenage kid's point of view, are they playing Parent Trap, the movie Parent Trap with Haley Mills long ago, where you have to get the, the parents back together. It's your goal in life to cause friction with the new wife and to get mommy and daddy back together. You can't let that happen. That if you truly, truly want your own long-term happiness, now I'm talking to the husband, not to you who called, the woman who called, but uh, if you want your long-term happiness, then you need to focus on what is fair all around. And you need clarity. It is not fair for your teenagers to try to tear you apart using the method of buying them extra goods, you know, trying to pay them off somehow. Kids see through that. I've had many kids tell me, you know, my dad buys me a lot of things. He tries to pay me off, and I let him. Why not take the stuff if it's for free? You know, and, and I'm angry with him anyway because he divorced mom, so let him pay ransom or let him pay this. They don't say ransom, but... You know, as the parent, you need to be the parent. As the dad, you need to set limits and say, listen, I love you dearly, and things are going to be different. They're going to be fair. I know you're really upset that Mommy and I divorced, and I don't know how to help you with that. If you want me to go to counseling with you, we can talk about it. Notice you'll use words. You'll listen to them. You'll listen to the pain that they've gone through, which is one way of repairing and gaining forgiveness and repairing any damage that legitimately that you uh, actually incurred on them. You see, you can let them talk. Throwing money at them isn't going to help. So you can talk with them and say, listen, this is the budget that I'll give both of you for the year. I know my dad put me on a budget. It was great. And you can buy whatever you want with that, but I'm not going to be like an open wallet daddy. I just won't play that. You don't say don't play that game, but I don't want that. I think that's damaging our relationship. Now, that will mend things on the home front, too. With your your child at home, I'm assuming um, it's your daughter, then you want to be fair there. You could go out and buy her something nice, not as a maybe for her birthday or for Christmas, not as a rule, but also let her take pride in becoming a good shopper. We had plenty of money. I could have bought my daughter $60 jeans if I wanted to, but my daughter shops in resale shops and TJ Maxx and wonderful stores where you get bargains because you can get value for your money. So you can be fair there too. Now, I'll speak to you, the person who called, the wife. Um, Speak with your husband. Don't yell at him. Don't berate him. Speak from the heart. Just say, this is how I'm feeling. This is how our daughter is feeling. Let's sit down and come up with better solutions. If you use good communication skills, what's called I-language, you can go to books on my website, drkenner.com, to see how how that works, rather than finger-pointing language. You're always doing for them. You're never doing for our daughter. 
that that ruptures a relationship. If you learn I language, I am feeling so frustrated, it's not fair, let's come up with a new solution, you keep it solution focused, you're much better, you're much more likely to have success. And it earns you peace of mind too, because you don't want to go through life carrying the heavy weight of guilt on your shoulders as the dad. As the mom, you don't want to feel that chronic bitterness and resentfulness. Boy, I hate to ask what your sex life is like if this has been going on for a while. And maybe the, you, the stepchildren have been successful in ripping the relationship apart. Don't let that happen. Save some of that money and take a mini vacation for you, even if it's an inexpensive day trip for you and your husband. So I hope that helps. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. You're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. My number's toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. Now imagine you have your house put up and your kid goes in and tears sheetrock from it. Or you don't have a very good sex life and you want a better sex life. Stay tuned. We have a lot of good things coming up on The Rational Basis of Happiness. And my number again is toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. Rejection comes in all forms, from subtle to shocking. You may feel rejected the first time you meet someone when you see signs of disappointment in the person's face. You may have been stood up. You may have been dumped at the end of a long-term relationship or been divorced several times. Some hurt is unavoidable, but knowing that you are in principle lovable is the antidote. When you have the right perspective on your own life and on the goal of finding your soulmate, rejection hurts less. What you say to yourself when you're rejected is critical. Your inner thoughts are based on your fundamental ideas about yourself, romance, and life in general. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.